we want to. I want to give out a shout out to your brother, actually, Kobe. Kobe. So who listens to this? Faithfully. Kobe. I just want you to. You know, I'm speaking into the mic. So your head's not turning or backing away. Yeah, and turn your volume down a little bit lower, and keep your eyes on the road as you drive to work this morning. Here we go. There you have it. All right. You're going to hear a lot of more noises, though, some heavy breathing and clearing of throats. Yeah, I'm a throat clearer. If we have the mic on close all the time. It's a tick of mine. I don't know how to get rid of it. My wife draws it to my attention frequently. Shock therapy. <laughs> then I'm a heavy breather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so there yeah. you go. It's not like someone's stalking me whenever yeah. Joey's in the room. <laughs> well, welcome with that. Introduction to a sermon question and answer podcast. We're back to a little bit of a normal schedule here with Pastor Sean and Joey being in the same place at the same time. First so time in the month of July. It's been a while. It's August. August. Here we are in August. Yes. All right. You're almost there. Um, Pastor Sean's sermon on Sunday was right out of First um, Corinthians 11 on Paul giving some guidance on what. Um, some of the order and should look like in the ch- in church gatherings yep. and, and what that looks like for women who were very new to that type of setting and um, didn't have the experience that men had had in that experience and that type of freedom to be able to participate in, in those type of gatherings, so needed some guidance on what that looks like um, and drawing some, some principles on how we can apply that today um, in the sense that corporate worship is a time where we gather together and our focus is on glorifying God and not um, drawing attention to ourselves. And if that's, however that plays out in our lives, if that's by the way we dress or the, um, then we need to, you know, think that through. Are we submitting to Christ in that way and pointing people to Him instead of to ourselves? So, um, and one of the man, you said that a lot shorter time than I did. Yeah, the, but you said it really there. sad. Like you, it it started high and then it it yeah. sounded like you fell that's into all the energy like I can muster. Yeah. That's all. It just I just go on autopilot after a little bit, and I don't even hear what I'm saying. Um, Y'all got me a nice big clock. I saw this. That's week. true. It's brand new this it week. It even says the seconds. It even has seconds. seconds. So I really couldn't see the old clock. There's a buzzer so. that goes off if you go. Over Music starts playing. A lot of time. It's like the Oscars. Stage opens up and swallows me all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the points you made in your sermon was uh, pointing to the functional order that we even see in in the Trinity, in the Trinity um, and kind of what that looks like, mm-hmm. and thought we could spend a little bit of time ex- kind of maybe expanding on that a little bit, talking about the necessity of a functional order um, and what separates um, that from being, believing in a Trinity from being polytheistic. Yes. So what's the question? How's that? I put you on the spot. It's fair. Um, it, so you could spend a little bit of time talking about the, yeah. the submission in function, but Same. not in the person of the. Yeah. So I mean, I, there was you know that's I said it a couple times, and and I'm in the sermon, and I'm not sure people always gather the weight of that, but we believe that God is one. That's what the scriptures teach. Is really, um, it's really that it's the Trinity that had the Jewish people revolt against Christ, this idea that, you know, Jesus was forgiving sins, and the Jewish people immediately knew, like, you, nobody can forgive sins except God, and and Jesus making deity claims. So, um, and so the idea that our God is one, it's the Shema, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one God. 
deeply influenced its Jewish culture, and then Jesus shows up claiming to be God and claiming to be man, the God-man. And so, um, and so at Coastal and you know, Orthodox churches have wrestled with and now believe the Trinity. God is one God. He's, he's more, more monotheistic, but he reveals himself in persons. And so neither of the persons of the Trinity are lesser in nature or in personhood, or he would cease to be one God, then one would be in person lower than another person of the Trinity. So our God is one God, revealed himself in three persons, but inside of that personhood, there is a functional order. Christ submits to the will of the Father. We see that in the garden when uh, coming up to the crucifixion where Christ prays, not my will, but your will be done. He submits to the will of the Father. And then God, in his, our Heavenly Father, in His goodness and grace, Philippians 2, exalts Christ, you know, and so that we, He's our object of worship, Christ is our object of worship, and we have access to our Heavenly Father through Christ. And, uh, and then, of course, the Holy Spirit is the sign, He draws us, He helps us understand the truth, opens our minds, our hearts, our eyes to truth, points us to Christ. Uh, grows us to be more like Christ, um, but all things point to Christ. So there's this, there's this function inside the Trinity. And um, John MacArthur, actually, I'm borrowing from him, but um, he made an incredible observation. I thought I just re- recently read it, probably about a year ago, that he was talking about Allah and why Allah could never be a deity of love because he has no equal persons to love. And so it is because our God is one, but functions with three persons. Um, he is a God of love because he has an equal to love. Um, and therefore Christianity then can exude love because it flows from the nature of our God where Islam will never be a, a religion of love. And therefore it's, it's evil. And it's a, it's a, it's an, a religion of oppression. Um, and so there's so much we learn from the Trinity that applies to, uh, it applies to marriage, it applies to the community of faith. As believers, um, we, we have a God that knows how to function as one yet have differences. And, and so that certainly ha- you know, has huge implications on marriage. One fle- you're one flesh, but you're very different people, and you have to learn to mutually honor, mutually submit. Um, with that said, the Scripture's clear. There is a functional order in the home, and uh, which I highlighted some of that in the sermon. So, um, so we learn from that. We learn from that in our church, in our community. Um, you know, there's a, there is, through, through Paul, there's an order of leadership, um, but, uh, but it's, not a, it's not an order of, a violation of a, another person's personhood. It's just a functional order uh, that God has given. So we learn from the Godhead that has direct touches um, to our lives. And so, so when I'm dealing with my family, my own children, um, I'm the head of our home and they have to obey their father, but I never think of them less in personhood, you know. Um, they're people created in the image of God, so they deserve my full... That's why there's no place for abuse or even in the way we discipline as parents. You know, of course, I'm no parent... This one's perfect, and I'm certainly in that camp, but, you know, if you're disciplining out of anger, you're violating their personhood, and you're violating their 
the image of God stamped upon them, or if you're leading your wife in such a way that's oppressive or harmful or not loving, then you're violating her personhood. And the Trinity, God the Father never violates the personhood of His Son and of the Holy Spirit. And um, so, anyway. Can I ask a follow-up question to that? Nope. <coughs> Thanks. Um, nope. The You're not talking to Mike. Kobe can't hear you. You can't see what he's doing. He's, he's um, exhaling away from the microphone. <laughs> um, so in in the framework of we're sinful, broken husbands, dads, um, to, to get practical for a moment or per, may, maybe more personal for a moment, what are some things you do as a husband and as a dad to help to lead your family in a way that doesn't provoke them to anger. <laughs> um, and uh, if Jen's listening, she can. She, she I don't can, think she listens she to the can, podcast. So um, we'll have her on next week. Yeah, have my wife on next week. Um, I, this is sounds really simplistic at first. The first thing is you have to feast on Christ. I mean, yeah, uh, be in His Word, be in prayer, um, ask God for the grace to cover the times you fall short as a husband or as a parent. Um, and I think God does do that. I mean, you know, one of my hopes is as my kids grow in Christ and um, feast on Christ themselves, that God and his goodness would allow them um, mercy to cover my sin and parenting. You know, one of, it's kind of a joke, not a joke. We all have our daddy issues because no earthly dad is perfect, and so we all have to process that and and look. Ultimately, my kids have to look to their heavenly Father, who is a perfect Father, and um, so I so I need to feast on Christ. I think everybody involved in these relationships you trust will feast on Christ. He really is the answer to these donut holes that our shortcomings bring to the table. Um, Allowing my wife the freedom to point out my blind spots and know that she's for me and not against me. I think a lot of, th- and that's hard to do. I think us men, we hear that, man, it's easy to get defensive and think, you know, we're arguing again when taking that opportunity to listen sometimes. And, and I don't do this well, so, um, but I, but I try and, she, and, and understand that my wife is given to me as part of my sanct- it's a she's a gift from the Lord to help my sanctification process and nobody knows me better than her nobody knows my shortcomings more than her so when she speaks she has incredible insight into me and she loves me that's why she's still married to me so I mean there's nobody more loving and closer to my own blind spots and so Giving your wife the opportunity to speak to your blind spots, which then makes you realize what a helpmate your wife is and what a support, you know, that Jen is to me. I don't know. How about you? How Sounds do you do good. it? Um, Spiritual I'm, disciplines in yeah. general. I mean, I, they sound really... He's going to answer for me now. How much dead time until people shut off? Like a radio... I'll sit here all day. I sit here. All day. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, though. Yeah. Like, so for the for the man who, so for the guy who's starting from scratch, yeah. right? Yeah. He he doesn't know uh, feasting on the Lord, spiritual okay. disciplines. Yeah. Like, what what are some um, maybe some first steps for that person for that man? Um, 
I think the basic spiritual disciplines that have helped me tremendously, and I, I say this a lot in my sermons, when I was a young man, and I know some of the, we have some older men that are growing in Christ, but when I was a young man and before, when I was single, I feasted on the Scriptures. I read this, not that I don't now, I do, but I just remember it being a really influential time in my life, and I really processed the Scriptures as the Word of God, saying this is serious, and as I read them regularly, God, by the power of His Spirit, I guess, and community, it just deeply impacted, and I was able to take these Scriptures and apply them specifically to dating, to my family, and so and so that hasn't changed for me, but just really being in the Word daily. Um, and, and then the other thing that God developed me in a young age is, is community. I had a group of guys that I hung with, and I still have men in my life, you know? I mean, certainly Pastor Joey could speak into my life if he wanted to. Men that I love and trust that um, can hold me... Um, Word accountable, accountable, I guess. Um, um, accountable sounds much more hammery than I intended. What's maybe a better word? But anyway, some community of people that love me enough to, to journey with me. And so if I'm struggling with a sin or a behavior, I can acknowledge that to these men. Um, and praying, you know, and I've said th- I said this a couple weeks, a couple months ago, you know, I, I just have my little prayer list in my car and I. You know, I listen to Mike and Mike in the morning. They're, they're sadly going off the air. I know you're super disappointed oh, about really? that. Yeah, I know uh, you're disappointed about that. But, but when they're not You on, sound really sincere. Yeah. Those the athletic um, ESPN commentators. Uh, athletic, com- athletic commentators. <laughs> go sports. Yes. Go, uh, go sports. But, but anyway, but other times when I'm driving my car, I use that time to pray. Pray for my family, and it keeps, I don't know, it keeps them on my mind in, in a positive way. And... So, how's that's that? good. Is it? Yeah. It is. What do you do? Um. So I. I mean, there's a lot of similarities there. There. It's. Uh, so for for my own personal life, it is. I, I. I need to daily use those spiritual disciplines: feasting on the word, prayer. For me, I journal and write a lot. Um. Mo- mostly because m- my mind goes in a million different directions, and that helps to focus me. And so. I make sure, by God's grace, that I have that time alone with the Lord regularly, daily. Um, one thing for me is managing expectations. That that's been something I've struggled with, and so I, I may have a picture of uh, where I want our home to go spiritually, and uh, and I can be too pushy about that, and so <clears throat> I I need to. Rem- daily remind myself that that I'm I'm a steward of 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 my um shepherd with a capital capital s uh, of of the home and and so for me it's 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 making sure that um I I don't put unrealistic pressure expectations on my wife um it has been a a big piece for me and um and and then it's just being intentional about, I mean, I know we talked about it before, but I, I want to um, bring her along with me. I want to bring my, you know, my boy's young, but I want my boy to come along and, and we grow in the Lord together. And so it's doing some things together spiritually that are edifying to us and, uh, and not overcomplicating it and not making it overly formal and... and um, and so, 
So yeah, I mean those are those are some I think of really applying the gospel to ourselves and and the gospel leads us to um it, it ha- in some ways it has some extremes to it like the gospel tells me that I am far more loved than I could ever imagine. I am the I am a child of God. I'm adopted into his family. That is incredible. And I'm also a sinner and I so having that uh, not walking around blind spots to him which we all have them but having people in your life that will speak into your blind spots so you don't think more more of yourself than you should yet at the same time you're a child of God so you have these tensions and knowing how to apply that tension to that situation you know and so um, what am I trying to say um um being aware of my own core idols is helpful. Yeah. So I know the thing. So when you talk about managing expectations, like in the home life, some of the expectations are the ministry expectations. Yeah. And I had to grow in the idea that I'm just one person yep. and I can't solve everybody's problem. I can't be Jesus to everybody. So then managing my own calendar that, you know, Jen, when we first got into ministry, had to always feel the weight of I'm out, I'm meeting people and they need me, they don't even need me, and realize, no, they don't need me, they need Christ, and I can't be there for everybody. And so managing that and... Um, and that's realizing the, my own idol, the desire to be liked by everybody, and so understanding that, and um, yet giving, extending grace in the gospel yourself, so you're not depressed about yourself all the time, that you are a child of God, and live, knowing which part of the gospel to preach it yourself at the right time, and what, you know, and what you need to hear, and then, and, and so, so going back to the doctrine of this Trinity, my wife in person we're the same, and she has the right to speak into my life and should, and I welcome that because she's my helpmate to help sanctify me. And yet there's been decisions that I've made for the family that I just felt like I need to make, and, and she's always humbly accepted that. Not always easy, but, you know, she's been humble to that. So, um, so that's good. I don't know. Now, the only other piece I would just say, and this is really a tag, is I, hopefully as Christians, our homes are safe places for peop- our family to struggle with sin. Mm. Um, that's, a, that's a big piece, I think. So it, it, we can quickly um, err on the side of um, being so, so dogmatic that it causes our spouse or our children to struggle with sin quietly, isolated, mm-hmm. in a way that God didn't intend them to struggle. And, and and not even just sin, but even maybe just weakness, like just weaknesses from, it could be depression, could be physical ailments, but making, making the home a safe place to struggle with mm-hmm. suffering and to struggle with sin. And I think you can only do that, as you were saying, with with pressing into the gospel, leaning into gospel, and yeah. Okay, all right. That was a rabbit trail. <clears throat> yeah, this is my we're fault. Out, I guess out of time. Hmm? We're out of time. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll do one more question here. Um, how is the church influenced by the broader culture's confusion on gender roles? Yeah. Okay. That's uh, that's all the time we have. Oh man, there's so many ways. Um, 
And, and so, I, let's, let me address this first. Some of the commentary that I read on First Corinthians 11, which I probably didn't flesh out as much in the in the sermon, um, talked about the idea of hair and head coverings touched, bumped against some of the temple prostitution that was going on in the Corinthian setting. And so as these new believers are now coming into the church, they're bringing the gender confusion of this temple worship. Some of it was even like homosexual behavior or whatever and gender confusion, that their hairstyles potentially were resembling the gender confusion of the day. And so... Um, and so Paul, that's that's where I leaned into the, a little bit into the sermon to give it a little, I guess historical background was that that Paul I think was rebuking the concept of gender confusion and that God makes men men, He makes women women, He makes them with their differences, they're complementarian, but they are different, and we honor our differences and. You know, I think Pastor Joey this week is going to be spending some time in his sermon on, you know, how do we manage our diversity and stay unified out of chapter 12, which I think fits really nicely into what we, a little bit of what we hit on chapter 11. And so, so what's going on in the Corinthian church is really not that far removed from the culture we're, we're starting to swim in, right? That um, the culture's really trying really hard to, in my mind, get rid of the differences and just make gender kind of a neutral thing. And I think that's doing a huge disservice to both men and women, and it's gonna, we're going to find it oppressive eventually uh, rather than freeing. It's our differences. We should find freedom in our differences and acknowledging what a man should be and do and what a woman should be and do. And, um, and so in the first service, I... I got a little more general with that, and I was like, eh, I don't think I want to deal with that going forward. So I got a little more general going forward in the next two services. But I think there are some generalities that we squash because of culture and not because it's biblical. And I think um, so. So the first one in my mind, then when you ask that question, is leadership. I mean, First um, Timothy, Paul's very, very clear in my mind, going all the way back to created order and functional order that the role of pastor and elder is reserved for a man. Um, and, and that role, and, and I don't think he's talking about work roles, out in, you know, government roles. I don't think he's addressing that at all. I think he's... Church just, government. Church, just church government. And so, um, and so that's where sometimes I think the church has pushed it too far, you know, and, and gone too far, but... But uh, so at Coastal, we believe the Bible teaches that the role of pastor and the role of elder is reserved um, just for men. However, Timothy, Paul goes on to say in Timothy that the older women should instruct the younger women, and I think that's in my mind is a little. It's less about age and more about spiritual maturity. And so we have mature spiritual women that are teaching um, other women, and so we have some phenomenal women leaders at Coastal that have heavy influence on this church. And um, so Coastal is led by my executive team. Me, So organizationally, every single ministry or staff person has a connection to one of my executive team members who then report to me. And so that's Pastor Andrew, Pastor Joey, and it's Bethany Lay. And so every one of them, when I have a question about the organization called Coastal Community Church, I talk to one of those three people, and they're responsible. And so Bethany has a tremendous amount of um, 
organization under her um, and gives it phenomenal leadership. And, and we lean into her heavily um, uh, in the office for counseling other women and um, sometimes ask her to pull some extra counseling duty. She also does a lot of teaching. We have women teaching women at Coastal. We have a phenomenal women's team team uh, led by Cheryl Sharp and the rest of her team. Um, our children's ministry has incredible leadership under um, Elena Muro and, and Janelle Fricke, and they give leadership to our children's ministry. And uh, I'm sure I'm missing some, but... Um, you know, we have women giving incredible leadership in the appropriate places and defined scripturally um, for us, and we would be less of a church uh, without these women. I also think, and, and this is a little joke, so you all can take this for what you want on the podcast. You got the sure la- Here we go. Thank you. Here we go. So my joke is this. Um, I'm one with my wife, okay, and I run a lot of things up the flagpole with my wife, and I think a lot of my elders and pastors do the same, right? They're one with their spouses, and so my joke is, if you think Jen Brown's not in the room of an elders meeting, you've lost your mind, <laughs> because I know what she thinks, and you know, and I know her passion for this local church, and, and I think that's, the hel- that's a healthy marriage. It should be that way, that you become one flesh, and, and that, that my spouse helps shape me and mold me into the image of Christ, so... Um, so that's one way. How about you, what, Pastor Joy? What, how do you think the cultures influence the church in the area of gender? Um, I, I see a devaluing of how important a woman's responsibility in the home is, and so I, I see that downplayed often. Or I, you know, we talk about stay at stay at home moms, and and we sometimes think like, oh, they don't have a job. They just stay at home. Um, And and even though there may not be this ill motive or intention behind a comment like that, I I, I think we're affected by seeing that almost as this lesser thing. Um, And I even read an article about, um, this was a few weeks ago, uh, about how women... um, that stay at home aren't making contributions to the larger society and women should be required to work to generate tax revenue, all this kind of, I mean, that's the the conversation the broader culture is having, right? Um, and, and I think we can be affected by that as a local church unintentionally. And, uh, and it, a woman's responsibility of the home comes with, uh, is, is this enormous uh, gift given to them by their creator of stewardship of of shepherding uh souls and uh in 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 ensuring that a home is in order and is a reflection it is is uh, her children are are being conformed more into the image of Jesus Christ and and uh and so i i see a devaluing or even just a a shift in our emphasis that 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 this is a a secondary thing where man I, it's in the homes that um i think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago but I, I, in the 80s uh conservatives i think i did talk about this right conservatives their their aim was to target the voting booth primarily because that's what they believed was going to be a shift in uh, that's how that's, that's how, how we were going to save America, culture. right? That's how we were going to impact the culture. 
those with a liberal theology and a liberal worldview aimed at targeting children because they knew that those children would grow up with the values, specific values instilled in them, and one day those children will be the ones that shape the culture. We, we need to have the mindset that uh, those that were committed to a liberal worldview had, which was they understood the enormous importance of instilling certain things, certain values in children. And we uh, mothers are given this primary responsibility of instilling the very word of God into their children's hearts and in their minds. And, and the Lord uses that to change culture. And uh, and so, so we don't need to look at. I mean that I can't think of a, I can't think of anything more important than than the stewardship of the home. And um, and and so for for moms that are laboring that think that thankless job, um, man, it, don't lose sight of its eternal significance, and and don't let people downplay um, what you're doing. It's it's. Um, immensely important and it has ramifications for both this life and the next life and so um and and i think our our local church should be honoring of that position and so and so you know looking at christ as our model philippians 2 can a woman go out and get a job and make money good money of course like we would never say no to that but there are women that choose to to say, no, I'm going to put my energies into my home, and therefore, like Christ, giving up a quality, it's not something I have to grasp onto, but seeing the value, and I, I would even take it a step further, and I know for Jen and I, very early on, when our dating, we agreed that our home was going to be of primary importance, and she would be the primary shepherd of the young children, so while I'm responsible, she's taking that and and so I mean I wouldn't if anybody's listening to this and kind of is resonating I I would say that affected a lot of things for us okay for example we decided to have no debt you know we did have house debt but uh, we decided to have no debt uh, coming out of school and we you know so for when I got my master's degree we came up with a plan to keep us debt free we always lived within our income. Um, to make that happen, and, and it's surprising, really. Um, you start for her and I, we would add up the numbers. Like, okay, if we had to ha- put our child in daycare, and you had to buy work clothes, and you ate out for lunch every day, and you start adding all that up, like you would have to make even financially, you'd have to make this much money for it to even make sense um, for you not to be home. And so you start even from the financial side, it's not as big of a sacrifice. Well, for us, it was not as big of a sacrifice as. Um, it, it first appears, you know, and so we even keep our spending. We're very every year we sit down and do a budget, and make sure we're living inside of our means, and knowing that this piece of our family is was a part of it. And then she and Jen started a little side business that helped bring as the kids got older, you know, that fits around the schedule of the home. It, it's a lot less stressful for us as a family that, you know, she does all the shopping, and it's not demeaning in any way. It's stuff that has to be done. Uh, I, and if both of us were working, it would be stre- more stressful, or maybe you would pay for someone to clean the house, or you'd pay for someone to do your yard work, or not that I do the yard work, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, there's things that she now has the time to do um, that would have either cost money or cost stress. And so it makes the home, she always said, I want our home to be a haven of rest. And 
and that's what she makes it. And it is a ministry to me, and it's a ministry to the to our family. Um, in that commitment, she clips coupons, you know, which keeps the food. But there's just ways that she Proverbs thirty one, and she stewards the resources to stretch the dollar and all that. So, you know, all those things are things that we do that have allowed that to happen financially, and I think it's provided a tremendous benefit um, for our home spiritually. So. So no question, and 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 you're right. That's being looked upon in our current culture as a lesser position, and I think it's a position that tremendously reflects our Savior, you know, who sum- humbly served uh, the will of His heavenly Father to save us and have eternal reward for His children. So there you go. Good. 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 All right. Well, that will do it for us. This afternoon, so um, Sunday Monday training. Yes, there's uh, small group leaders. If you are a new small group leader that um, will be starting up in the fall, we have some training set up for you this Sunday after the third service um, at Coastal. So um, upstairs in the upstairs red room, in the red room, lunch and child care provided. And then, um, if you are a current small group leader, there is some training set up for you Monday evening, and that's at six thirty. Six thirty. Coastal, and again, there'll be uh, dinner, dinner, and child care. And child care. Well. Um, any questions from the sermon? Um, and Joey's preaching on Sunday, so I expect there will be. You can email them to sermon questions at gocoastal.org, and we will uh, work to address those in the podcast next week. Thank you, guys. <laughs>